Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog guardians. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I take my 10 years of training experience and I share easy to implement dog training advice with an emphasis on kindness and compassion. Welcome. I'm so excited to share more. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I hope you all are doing well. You may have noticed that there was not a new episode on Friday. I have gone 200 plus episodes doing one episode a week for a really long time and I needed a break. So I hope you all will forgive me, (laughs) but I'm back. I've got so many good things to talk about. I've got really awesome podcast episodes coming at you in the future, but today I'm going to be talking about why I gave up dog sports. Spicy is here with me. I don't know if you can hear her. She's climbed into my lap and is licking me in the face. I'm also going to do an episode all about being eight months old. It is eight months old into 12 months old. It's it's a challenging age range in dog's development and Spicy is sweet. We love her, but we're having our own challenges. So I'm going to share those in an episode too. So when I titled this episode, it's obviously more catchy to say why I gave up dog sports than why I gave up competing in dog sports. So I just want to start from the beginning and let you know that I have no ill will towards dog sports at all. Dog sports are amazing. They can be such a fun way to connect with your dog. There can be such an awesome community of people surrounding those dog sports. But I wanted to share my personal experience. And then after I kind of walk you through my personal experience with Waylon and kind of why we are where we are right now, then I want to give you some ideas for uh, maybe some dog sports that you could try with your dogs to improve your relationship and have a lot of fun. So I'm going to back things up just a little bit here. So those of you who have been a podcast listener for a while, you have heard me talk about Tiva and Sunny, and they were my husband and I's previous generation of dogs, so to speak, right? So Sunny was a little fearful pit bull mix that we rescued at like eight months old, and then Tiva was a little husky Amstaff cross that we um, (laughs) purchased from a neighbor at uh, eight weeks old. She was an accidental litter. So that is how I got started in dog sports with Sunny and Tiva. So initially I started dog sports to build confidence for my dog, Sonny, because he could be really scared and really fearful. And that manifested itself in some reactive and aggressive ways, which were not ideal. So the trainer that I was working with at the time, shout out to Anna Malara, she, we were doing like some private behavior consulting and she was teaching an agility class. So she's like, you guys should come. So I brought Sonny and it was a tumultuous start. He was very scared of everything for many, many months. So just as a caveat here, if you want to compete in dog sports or if you want to do dog sports classes, don't think that you can get fully trained behaviors in a six-week group class. (laughs) This is something that's going to be much more of a time commitment than a six-week group class. So Sunny and I did the agility class for, oh, we did the, the class 
consistently like once a week for about a year, I would say. And (laughs) it took him a long time to get comfortable going through the tunnel and doing things that normal dogs wouldn't be afraid of in agility. But we had so much fun. We got to work together. I got to see Sunny really blossom and gain a lot of confidence and have a lot of joy in the experience of doing agility together. I had really awesome people in my group class. There was another woman who had a pit bull, um, Dawn, shout out to Dawn, chances long gone, but we were, I made a lot of friends, right? So it was like, it was a social thing. It was something fun to do with Sunny. So after like a year and a half of doing group classes, uh, our trainer, Anna, suggested that we go to a competition, right? To watch uh, an agility trial, they call it. Go to an agility trial and kind of watch. And I watched and I was like hooked. I was like, we we get to be outside. It was like at a park on a warm summer day in this grassy field. And everyone was basically just like picnicking and, and competing in agility with their dogs. I was like, this is great. I want to hang out with these people outside. So we did. I started to compete in agility with Sunny and I met so many amazing people and we had so much fun. Sunny loved it. He thought it was so fun he actually got like a lot of titles and awards and it was never something that I was competing for like, you know, getting the ribbons and all of these accomplishments. I just wanted to have fun with him and we were having a lot of fun and it was (laughs) stacking up in a lot of ribbons. I still have an entire Rubbermaid full of ribbons from this time. So needless to say, I was having a lot of fun competing in agility with Sunny and Tiva loved to play and do things like that too. So I brought Tiva into the agility training fold and she learned a lot of the things a lot faster because she wasn't nearly as afraid. So fast forward, I have Sunny and Tiva and we competed in agility year round for several years and it was really so much fun. My mom came with me. We traveled a lot to do agility trials. We did it, right? Like we did a lot of competing and I kept doing it because the dogs loved it and it was it was just such a fun way for us all to be together and spend time together. So because of my love of agility, because of my experience in agility, a big reason why I sought out a dog from a breeder is because I wanted a little bit more of a um, predisposition towards confidence. So that wasn't a hurdle I had to get over to be successful competing in agility. So I reached out to Wayland's breeder. A lot of you have heard the story and I tell her I want the wildest of all of them. I want like the super confident, crazy one because I want to do agility and I want to do it really well. And I want to like really give this dog a great agility career. This is my intention at the time, right? So she sends me a picture of uh, Waylon and he has as like, I don't know, a six week old puppy managed to climb on top of this like giant plastic crate and she says is how does this one look right and you know she was evaluating personalities and ultimately Waylon is who came into my life so I spent Waylon's basically his entire life with me he came to us at eight weeks old maybe it was nine weeks old something in there um we spent his entire upbringing training agility, right? So like I started training agility stuff with him from the very beginning. We did a puppy agility class, um, which he was really successful in, right? Um, And we did a lot of private training. I 
was able to utilize friends in the agility world who had agility equipment and utilize their equipment to train. I spent a lot of time and energy training agility. We're going to a weekly class. I was training multiple times a week on agility, basically for like the first like three years of Waylon's life. And he was good, right? Like he could do it. He was proficient at all the things and there, it wasn't without hurdles, right? Like we had to work through his adolescence and his people love, but you know, Waylon's biggest problem is that he would run off to greet people and say hello, right? So it's like, you know, not the end of the world. It's not a terrible problem to have, but we had to work through it. And ultimately we started competing, right? We started competing and I remember the first agility trial was very low key. I just entered one run and it was really fun. He seemed to have a good time. He stayed fairly focused. I was like, okay, cool. So then I kind of made the leap to let's do a lot of of runs in one day and let's see how it goes. And it didn't go very well. And he was very distracted and he was kind of unmotivated. And those were some of the first signs that I noticed that maybe Waylon didn't love agility like Sunny and Tiva had loved agility. So, you know, I kind of went back to the drawing board. We stopped competing for a little bit. We did more training. I tried to make it more fun. And, you know, meanwhile, my mom and I are hiking twice a week and doing agility. And my instructor, my agility instructor, shout out to Nicole. She's actually been on the podcast, How Agility Can Improve Your Relationship with Your Dog. It is a very good episode. We will link that up in the show notes. But she had suggested to me that maybe if we hiked a little bit less, he would have a little bit more enthusiasm for agility, right? Because we're doing like big hikes. Um, I'm talking like 10 to 12 miles. We're doing that twice a week. And she's like, maybe that's too much. So we kind of dialed back on the hiking and he did gain a little bit more um, drive and enjoy in the agility game. He was going faster. He was staying more focused. He was having some fun. So I was like, okay, so let's, let's try competing again. So we went back to competing. He nailed it. We got tons of ribbons. He did really, really good, but still it just didn't seem like agility was giving him more than hiking was. And it kind of seemed like I faced an ultimatum in the moment of like, is competing in agility more important than hiking with Waylon? And when I took a good hard look at that question, it became very evident that agility was something that I was enjoying more than he was. Not that he was miserable at it, but he didn't really have the spark for it. And when we went hiking, he was so happy, right? Like you all know, you have seen the pictures and videos on Instagram. He loves to hike. This is like where he is the happiest. So I decided that it wasn't worth, <laughs> it wasn't worth the investment to continue to pursue an agility career with Waylon. And in addition to agility, right? So during this same timeline, we were also competing in dock diving. Dock diving is where they like run off the dock and jump into the water and like get the toy. And we started that because as a youngster, he was obsessed with water. He found a carp, a floating carp when he was like 12 weeks old. And ever since then, he was, he's just a crazy water dog. 
sometimes too crazy, which we'll get to that. But we were like, okay, you love water. Like let's maybe dock diving is your sport, not agility. And at first he loved it. I remember the first time we went and like did a little, like it was at a competition, but you could go and just like try it while they were like taking turns. And, um, he jumped in right away and he jumped like several times and he seemed to have a lot of fun. And, I was like, okay, so let's do more dock diving. But the requirement for dock diving for him to be successful is for him to be real, real hyped up, right? So just like definitely over threshold, he's going to run, he's going to launch, he's going to get that toy, he's going to give it everything he's got. And we encouraged that for a while, but I started to see that that wasn't a wildly productive behavior pattern for Waylon. And that was becoming problematic in other areas of our lives because as many of you know, my husband and I are very um, active outdoor people and we spend a lot of time by bodies of water. So lakes and rivers um, and, and so forth. So that was causing some overstimulation that was carrying over into these settings around water where we didn't want it. And then we were at a dock diving competition where Waylon flat out refused to jump off of the dock. And I just listened to Waylon. I was like, cool. All right. You are done with dock diving. That's cool. That's cool. Let's just be done with dock diving. And while I, I miss the community of dog people that I got to know through dog sports, I miss you all. I hope some of you are listening, um, in the Colorado agility world. I miss you guys, but it, it just, it wasn't for Waylon. I was, it just wasn't worth the investment of time and energy and money if he didn't have the spark for it, or if it was causing him to be overstimulated and he didn't want to jump. Right. So that is why I gave up competing in dog sports with Waylon. I realized that the dog sports were so fun and I'm so grateful that I got to spend so much time competing in agility and, you know, hanging out with that community with Sunny and Tiva. Waylon just, <laughs> he can still do agility. Actually, we were at a sniff spot and they had like a bunch of agility equipment and he nailed everything that I asked him to do. Like he can still do it really well, but it's, it's something that I've considered maybe like getting back into a group class just for funsies, but you know, competing is just out of the picture at this point. And I think that it was a really good lesson for me, right? And like, I did have these really ambitious goals in seeking out Waylon and training him and building him up to sports. But ultimately, like, I'm so proud of everything we were able to accomplish together, but we're both just so much happier in our life now, not like worrying about competing or spending a lot of time and energy on dog sports. So if you have a dog who loves it, who loves it, who is just having so much fun in the process and you are laughing and learning and growing with them, pursue it. Pursue that sport together, please. There are so many amazing teams that compete in dog sports that are like such a joy to watch because you can just tell that like they both love it. They're in it together. They're really connected. Humans are not asking unnecessary things of the dogs. Like there's a lot of beauty in that. So if you have that dog and you like, have that spark, please go for it. I'm not saying that competing in dog sports is something you shouldn't do. I think that we have to be open to listening to what our dogs have to say about it, right? Because 
ultimately there's more to life than our dogs being really successful in dog sports, right? Like I said, I have a whole rubber made of ribbons that I <laughs> I probably will just leave in there and I'll never get rid of because they're such beautiful mementos of my time competing with Sunny and Tifa, but that's the time with them is what's really important, not those ribbons. I am not a terribly competitive person naturally, and I think that that was really helpful. I will admit that I probably could have listened and figured this all out maybe a little bit earlier in Waylon's life, but, you know, we did it. He's six and a half now. We haven't competed in dog sports in two years, maybe three years. So, you know, I did my best. But like you will hear in the episode that I was referring to before, how agility can improve your relationship with your dog, a lot of the things that Waylon and I cultivated in agility still serve us really well in our lives now. So, you know, there are so many beautiful things. So I want to just kind of give you a rundown of some of the dog sports that I think could be really good outlets, just kind of depending on who your dog is, what their needs are. So agility is a dog sport that I think can benefit those really athletic, energetic um, maybe sometimes, uh, reactive, um, dogs. I think that agility can be such a good outlet to use some of that energy and that physical power and utilize that brain and work together as a team. Agility can be such a good outlet for that. On the contrary to that behavior, I do think that some of the more nervous yet athletic dogs can really, really benefit from agility. I mean, Sonny totally transformed over the course of his agility career from like a very scared puppy who his tail was always tucked. This dog was so scared of so much. And these we would go to agility trials and this dog would just be flying and his tail would be up and he would just be so stoked. He's like, we're doing agility. So I think think that that can be really, really beneficial for dogs who fall into that similar, you know, category of being athletic and maybe being kind of fearful or on the other side of things, maybe being a bit over exuberant and needing some appropriate outlets. So I think agility can be super beneficial for dogs like that. Dock diving is one that I think that Dogs who naturally like water, the fearful dogs, I'm not sure dock diving is as good for it unless you have access to a pool where you can spend a lot of time slowly building up confidence. The dock diving, I think, is really good for dogs who are just more naturally inclined to jump and do wild stuff and do like to swim, <laughs> right? So that's my experience. Again, this is not exhaustive. I don't know everything about dog sports, but I definitely think that if you have a full throttle dog, <laughs> like I talk about all the time with Waylon, if you have a full throttle dog who just like will do crazy physical stuff, does not see certain things as boundaries like we think they would, like fences and things of that nature, I do think dog diving can be very, very beneficial and can be a nice outlet. The only thing that I will caution with dock diving is like I was referring to with Waylon is that we encouraged a lot of over arousal to get him in a state to jump off of the dock. And that did become problematic later in life when he did actually bite someone in the water. He was, I think it was predatory. It was not ideal. So like that is something that I learned from Waylon is that if 
I have to get him that over aroused and that like hyped up. Maybe that is not something that's wildly productive if you have plans of like wanting that dog to be chill about around bodies of water. Every dog's an individual, but that is definitely something that I would caution you about dock diving with your full throttle dogs. Nose work is another amazing dog sport that is so freaking good for basically every single dog, (laughs) right? Um, I did do some nose work classes with both um, Waylon and Tifa. And if you have a dog who is like a sniffer and they're scavenging and they're always looking for trash, your dog is going to excel at nose work naturally. And it is so cool. It's so fun. And the cool thing about nose work is like you can learn a lot in a group class and like do that so cool but the things that you learn you can like pretty easily like replicate and do at home so nose work is one that there's way less of a barrier to entry because you can get started and do nose work in a lot of places without like a big investment and oh my gosh Waylon seriously just thrived the second we went to a nose work class he was like this is where I shine and it was so much fun and I got to say the nose work class that like in addition to like watching my dogs have a really good time watching the other dogs like use their noses it is absolutely incredible it is just so fun to watch so the group class can be really beneficial but you can utilize those things you learn in you know the group class and do those things at home I will say that for our dogs who are a little bit more like handler focused, Tiva kind of struggled in nose work because we competed in agility for so long that like we got into this room and I she would just kept looking at me like, are you going to tell me what to do here? She didn't just kind of like naturally use her nose. Bless her heart. She was the best dog ever. But, you know, she once she kind of caught on to the game, she also really loved it. So that was a really nice activity for her as she started to age. So nose work is another really awesome dog sport. You can compete in nose work. The cool thing about nose work, just as a general thing, is it's very uh, savvy about dogs who need space from other dogs or space from people, reactive dogs, generally speaking. And it's a much more controlled environment. And they do a really good job of making sure that if you have a reactive dog, the community is supporting you in the way that you and your dog need to be successful. There are so many more dog sports than agility, dog diving, and nose work. There is um, a barn hunt where dogs uh, search out rats which sounds crazy when I say it like that I did do a little bit of barn hunt with um, both Sunny and Tiva and they really liked it I I wasn't really into the dog sport I found it kind of like anticlimactic because we were used to competing in agility so that was one that I was kind of like the dogs kind of liked it but we didn't really dive too deep in it but if you have a dog who likes to use their nose is interested in small animals barn hunt can be a really cool outlet for that and definitely less uh physically demanding still kind of a physical ask of the dogs but not nearly as demanding as some of the other dog sports there are so many more dog sports that I don't I I can't even tell you about all of them, but those are the ones that I have personal experience in. Those are the ones that I really thrived in a lot of way with a lot of dogs. But at this point in our lives, Waylon is just, 
He's a hiking dog. That's what he wants to do. He wants to go for sniffy walks. He wants to go hiking. He wants to, you know, hang out with his people and swim a little bit. And he's really content. So we're just kind of leaning into that for Waylon. And Spicy will probably never do any dog sports. We just want her to be a pet dog. I had no ambitions or goals with her, except for I just wanted her to be a really good companion. And, you know, it might be something that we do like an agility class here and there for fun, just so she has an outlet and something to do. But, Um, dog sports can be really, really awesome. I think doing group classes, there's lots of virtual classes you can get started with. There's so much fun stuff that you can do to connect with your dog. In addition to connecting with our dogs, let's be honest, it's a nice practical way to satisfy the dog so that we can do the rest of our lives. I know that a lot of you live the same life as me where you, your daily desire is to satisfy the dog so that you can get the rest of your life done. And (laughs) dog sports can be a really nice way to fill in that piece of the puzzle. Everyone, it has been a pleasure. I'm looking forward to sharing all about Spicy being eight months in the next couple of episodes. And if you like this podcast, leaving a review would be awesome positive reinforcement for me. In addition to me reading every single podcast review and being very, very excited about it, you can help other dog guardians find this podcast. So if you have found this podcast helpful, I would be eternally grateful for a review. Everybody have a beautiful weekend. Smooch those puppies for me and I am already looking forward to the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore nco. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.